On today's Fantasy Baseball in 15, we'll discuss the latest no-hitter and a couple of promising lefties. Like death and taxes, Dodgers get a Dodger. <laughs> I have That's not had uh, three go-throughs yet. It works great in a fantasy league. I'm just glad I am not at the dentist. Fantasy Baseball in 15 on The Athletic. This is Fantasy Baseball in 15 for Thursday, May 20th. I'm Al Melchior, and with me here is Michael Beller. And uh, Michael, another day, another no-hitter. I know it's uh, even <laughs> even that joke is is growing stale because <laughs> everybody's I mean, make- it, it, No-hitters are getting to be embarrassing, I feel like, for Major League Baseball. Like, if I'm in the Major League Baseball League office, I am cheering against any more no-hitters the rest of the season. Yeah, well, and I'm- it's just gotten to that point. I'm not in the major league front office and I, I find myself rooting against. So I feel bad. I, you know, I saw that no hitter was in progress last night and I was rooting against it. And I mean, I've got yeah. Corey Kluber on a couple of teams. <laughs> I like Corey Kluber. Uh, yeah, it's not good. It's not good. So <laughs> we will talk about that and uh, other standout performances uh, on the mound and at the plate. But before we get to that, let's start with the latest news. Uh, Catal Marte activated by the Diamondbacks. So we've been waiting for that one for a long time. Uh, Jacob deGrom is scheduled to make a rehab start at High A St. Lucie on Thursday. Of course, he's been out with a uh, tight lower back. And then in more Mets news, as the Mets have dominated this part of the show in recent days and mm-hmm. weeks. Tywon Walker with that side issue, uh, even though the uh, test came back clean for him, he has gone on the injured list. The corresponding move was bringing up Cameron Mabin, who was recently acquired from the Cubs. He started on uh, Wednesday. Uh, so, you know, filling out uh, a lineup that's getting harder and harder for the Mets to fill out. And to uh, add insult to injury or injury to injury, I'm not sure how to put this, but uh, <laughs> Pete Alonso. Pete Alonzo did not play in that game on Wednesday at Atlanta due to a sore left wrist. So uh, just a very, very depleted lineup, uh, which, again, gives Cameron Mabin more of a chance to to be a part of it going forward. Uh, Michael Pineda is now on the injured list with a thigh abscess. Uh, in other Twins rotation news, Kent Maeda is expected to start this weekend. Uh, that was in question due to a groin injury. And Alex Kirilov started a rehab assignment with AAA St. Paul on Wednesday. And Michael, that feels weird to say AAA St. Paul because I'm still used to that being an independent team. But of course, the fantasy relevance there is that Alex Kirilov is working his way back from that wrist injury. JT Real Muto's hand is visibly swollen as, the, as a result of a bone bruise. Uh, still no plans to go on the IL, although it seems like maybe a little bit of a replay of the Didi Gregoria situation where he was day-to-day for, I think it was five days, and then eventually did go on the IL with a, a backdated start date. So I don't know if that's going to be in the cards for JT Real Muto, but that is his current status. The Giants activated Donovan Solano. The Rays put Luis Patino on the IL with a finger laceration. So hopefully that is not a long stint for him. And uh, Dylan Moore to the injured list with a calf strain. So, Michael, let's uh, move on from all that injury news to uh, the latest no-hitter, Corey Kluber against the Rangers. And, uh, yeah, a lot of no-hitters, but um, you know it's all against the same teams, Rangers, uh, Cleveland, <laughs> and Mariners. Uh, so this one is the second no hitter against the Rangers this year. Nine strikeouts for Kluber, one walk. I mean, Kluber's just been really good lately. So I know, you know, with a couple of the 
uh, no hitter achievers so far that there's been, you know, a little bit of, um, you know, I don't know, consternation about uh, the, the weakening of or, or the dilution of the, the no hitter. But um, in this case, I don't, I don't think really there's anything to question here. Yeah, I'm with you. I think that's really the takeaway here. I think we can buy the bounce back. I think we can buy the uh, the cosmetic stats basically at face value. It's been a really impressive season for him in a year the Yankees have really needed it in the rotation. So at this point, in your estimation, has Corey Kluber just moved beyond any concern for matchups and it's, he's just uh, you know plug and play in the rotation every week? I think probably. I mean, of course, there's going to be some bad starts in there, but I do think he's moved past that concern where I'll trot him out there. He would have to have a couple of bad starts in a row before I thought about sitting him in a tough spot. All right. And uh, even though Corey Kluber rightfully does get the spotlight uh, on this list of standouts, a couple of other um, really notable pitching performances. Uh, Trevor Rogers, he's just been really solid. Yeah. Really solid for the Marlins this year. Another great start. And at Philadelphia. So a lot of times when we talk about matchups, that's one that I think, you know, all three of us, you and I and Derek Van Riper, we we get a little scared of, you know, just because of the park. Uh, but Rogers going seven and two-thirds deep in this one. Just one run on five hits and two walks with eight strikeouts. And an achievement for him based on uh, those those eight strikeouts. This is from Will Manso of uh, Channel 10 in Miami. Uh, he tweeted after this game, quite the stat courtesy of the Marlins. Uh, Trevor Rogers now has 104 strikeouts through his first 16 career starts. And in the live ball era, only Francisco Liriano, Al Downing, Fernando Valenzuela, and Herb score have had more K's by a lefty in their first 16 starts. So, um, yeah, I think it's just time if, if, you know, we haven't gotten there already to just give <laughs> Rogers that must start status. Oh, absolutely. Without question. That's an impressive, impressive company. And there are plenty of lefties who jump right to mind who aren't on that list. Uh, so very, uh, just another great start from Trevor Rogers. He is easily, I think he was already in that group. As you said, Alice is a guy who you are starting no matter what, every single time he takes the ball. And really, I think that the best is yet to come from him. Been very consistent this year, a blip or two here or there, but I want this guy on every team uh, going forward. All right, going to be hard to do right now, but uh, can't. Oh blame, yeah, can't oh, blame yeah. you I'm for not saying that. you can do it. I'm just saying I hope I already have it <laughs> <laughs> for sure. Now it might be possible with Turk Skubal, uh, another lefty who pitched uh, pitched nicely on Wednesday uh, at Seattle. So you know, one of those no hit uh, victims, uh, not a no hitter in this one, but uh, only four hits in five innings against Skubal. Nine strikeouts, two walks, two runs allowed. Nice start by him, and he's still giving up too many home runs. But if you look at his May starts versus his April starts, there's clearly dramatic improvement there for uh, for Scooble. So uh, I'm not quite ready to declare him must start, but I would certainly say must add if he's out there. Yeah, I think so too. And you can live with the homers if he's giving you all the rest of what he's giving you. We could maybe work in a a, 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 a nickname there, improval for Scooble. You know, it's, uh, <laughs> I like the way that sounds, but uh, either way, I, I agree. Definitely a must add if he's sitting out there. Yeah, yeah. Unintentional uh, creation of a nickname there, but... Uh, <laughs> Some those are the best ones. It is. Usually they are. <laughs> Let's go to the hitters, uh, even though the, the pitchers uh, took the biggest headlines in this... Uh, the slate of games, uh, some notable hitting performances too. A couple of two homer games to talk about. Trey Mancini and Randy Rosarena. Mancini clubbed a couple of homers against the Rays. He's now up to nine on the season. Rosarena up to six. Uh, and also, you know, they, they doubled as well in these games, both of them. Uh, Mancini, I, mean, I just think it's been, just been a great story for him this year. And mm-hmm. 
somebody that, uh, again, is, I think, pretty close to must start. Rosa Rain is a little bit tougher. I'm not sure at this point what to make make of him. I was sort of on the verge of kind of just really giving up on on viewing him the way I viewed him coming into the season. And I wasn't necessarily, you know, the highest person on him to, to, to begin with. I still feel pretty decent about him. I mean, one thing that you were all that you've been able to take all season, even as the power just flat out hasn't been there and the extra bases uh have, you know, gone almost entirely away. I mean, he had what, three extra base hits in that game yesterday. Uh before that he had eight all season. Uh, so, I mean, we're talking about a guy who, who really, who really hasn't given you any sort of extra base power, but he's been getting on base. Uh, he's been getting on base. His, his OBP has been sitting right around 350, uh, once it's settled into, you know, he had a, a fair amount of plate appearances. So he's always had that going for him this season. Uh, Tampa Bay has him in the lineup every single day. They have him hitting in the top of the lineup every single day. I, I still feel pretty decent about him. Obviously it's been a slow start. It's been a frustrating start, uh, no matter draft auction, whatever, he has not lived anywhere up to expectations, but I feel decent about him, and hopefully this is a sign of him breaking out in the power and extra base hit department. All right, and also extra base hits for Yuli Gurriel and Colton Wong uh, on Wednesday. A couple of doubles for both of them. They're on both on really robust doubles paces. Uh, Gurriel's sort of interesting to me because he's he's hitting for average. He's just been really a great contributor in fantasy, and yet I'm not really seeing anything very different in the skill profile. So for those who have been enjoying it, it's hard, hard to let go of a player that's produced well for you, but is it time to, to shop him around? I think you could definitely shop him around, but uh, you know, we saw this from him in, in 2019 when he went 298, 343, 541. Uh, you know, you go back the year before, 291, just a 323 uh, OBP and 428 slug the year before that. 299, 332, 486. So, you know, 396, 555, that's over his head, almost certainly. But, you know, it's over a lot of guys' heads. <laughs> so, uh, I think that, um, you know, of course, shop him around, yes. But am I trying to trade him? Am I thinking, oh my God, the bottom's falling out? No. And this Houston offense has been right there with the White Sox. The two best offenses in baseball so far this season. So the environment is great. And that doesn't seem like it's going to change. No matter what, Yuli Gurriel is going to be in a strong, run-scoring, run-producing environment with that Houston lineup. And that's something to take into consideration as well. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I say there's not big changes in the profile. That's really in terms of results. He has been much more selective this year. So maybe there, there is something to it. All right, let's move on to the streamers for Thursday. A lot of interesting options here. I'm just going to right just uh, talk right through these uh michael and then you can just uh talk about who you who you're moved to talk about uh so rich hill and dean kramer going to face off against each other in that Rays orioles uh, uh in that Rays orioles tilt uh we've got luis garcia going for the astros at oakland we've got alex cobb going against the twins at home griffin canning in that in doubleheader going against the Twins as well. Drew Smiley versus Pittsburgh. Nice matchup there. Dane Dunning against the Yankees. And Joe Ross, Joe Ross at the Cubs. Um, you know, I, the guy who jumps out at me is Rich Hill, uh, pretty much by far. I feel as though he should maybe even be a guy who's kept around. He's had uh, a couple of straight good ones. Uh, you go back uh, three starts ago and just three innings, but three shutout innings against Houston. Last two, uh, uh, six shutout against Oakland, six and two-thirds shutout against the Yankees. Uh, the one before that Houston start, six innings, two runs, 10 Ks, uh, another start against Oakland. So Rich Hill's on a nice little run here. I think he's the guy who uh, who jumps out the most and definitely not afraid of that matchup with Baltimore. Uh, next on the list, 
list for me would be Luis Garcia. There's, uh, you know, hasn't pitched super deep into games, but his last three games, uh, Dusty Baker's let him go more than 90 pitches in all three. So the strikeouts, the walks, that's going to run up the pitch count without necessarily getting deep into the game. But it seems like the kid gloves are off Luis Garcia. That'd be my number one, Rich Hill, my number two, Luis Garcia. If I can't get either of them, I might sit out of the streaming game today. All right. I'm a little surprised about Griffin Canning, but... Uh... <laughs> I've finally broken up with him. I, I can't do it anymore. I can't do it. I can't do the up and down. I can't do the push and pull. I'm done, man. I need I quit Griffin tur- Griffin canning cold turkey right now. All right. All right. Well, fair enough. Uh, yeah, we do have to, to change uh, change with the times here. So uh, <laughs> let's take a look at a few players who are up and a few who are down in our weekly stock watch. Up is Gavin Lux. And part of this you know, is just an unfortunate uh, side effect of um, you know Corey Seager being out and his playing time being solidified, mm-hmm. but um, entering Wednesday's game uh, over basically a two week period, he had put up a three thirty three, three ninety one, five forty eight slash line. So poised to take advantage of that playing time uh, and, and coming into this uh, weekend with a hot bat. And Jordan Lyles, this one really surprised me, uh, Michael. Looking at you know uh, some leaderboards and seeing Lyles appearing on some of them. His last three starts: a three point three eight ERA, nineteen strikeouts over sixteen innings, also with eight walks, which isn't great, but it hasn't really hurt him because he's only given up one home run and a fourteen point seven percent swinging strike rate over those three starts. And by the way, the the matchups, you know, not not a total cakewalk: Twins, Giants, and Yankees. So, you know, looks sort of legit at least for this short run. Yeah, he does. Uh, I'm not buying in, but uh, hey, if you have been buying in and riding in these three starts, then uh, good for you. But you know, we've just seen too much, and you know, for indexing this to pitcher performance so far this season, these numbers don't jump out quite as much as they would have in previous years. So, Jordan Lyles, cool, but I'm not in for the future. Gavin Lux, I am in for the future, and it'll be he could maybe take advantage of all these injuries in the Dodgers lineup. Maybe get himself moved up in the lineup. He's been hitting in the bottom half, the bottom third uh, for most of the season, at least since he uh, started, got off to a sort of a slow run there and got injured. So maybe he can get himself back into the top half or at least consideration for the top half of the lineup. Obviously tough with a loaded lineup like that, but no matter what, you know, this is the sort of production we expected from him. I'm definitely buying into this two-week bounce we've seen. All right, yeah, uh, well-timed for, for Gavin Lux. And on the downside of the stock watch, Nate Lowe, who got off to a great start this year. So the overall numbers still look pretty good, but he is now one for his last 22, including three outs he made in that no-hitter against Corey Kluber. Uh, and Christian Javier, uh, month of May has not been all that kind to him. Uh, 540 ERA, now he's still getting the strikeouts, 27 strikeouts and 23 and a third, nine walks. So you know a, a pretty good ratio there, but it, it's the home runs. Seven home runs over 23 and a third innings in the month of May and a fly ball rate that is approaching 60%. That's pretty dangerous. It's very dangerous. And hey, we've seen it, El. Seven home runs in the 23 and one thirds innings. We've seen just how dangerous it can be in practice. So, you know, not guys who I'm sounding the alarm bells on uh, because of these recent performances. Everyone, almost everyone's going to go through some stretch where they have a down couple of weeks. So just keep your eye on it. Hopefully things turn around for both of them. I'm still trusting the talent to win out for these guys in the long run. All right. Well, uh, some thoughts for you to uh, take with you for this Thursday. And that's going to be all for this episode of Fantasy Baseball in 15. Uh, If you do have an opportunity to rate and review this podcast, we do greatly appreciate that. So for Michael Beller, I'm Al Melkier, and we will return here on Friday. 